Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm thrilled you're here today. Um, February 28th has some real significance for me, and so I'm just going to share that really quick. I see we've got callers on the line already, um, which I'm just thrilled about. But I wanted to um, just share with you this date uh, is so important to me. It's the anniversary of my mother's death, uh, who lived with dementia for 30 years. And it's because of her that I'm doing what I'm doing today. It's my niece's birthday, and it's also the official day my book, Betty the Bald Chicken, which is a children's book about lessons on how to care, goes live on Amazon. So lots of things going on for me today uh, with this, uh, along with our little uh, snowstorm and uh, or ice storm, I should say, that we're dealing with here and more snow to come up in Minnesota. So I welcome you all to the show. For those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to have real conversations, you know, with everybody all around the world, because I don't think we can make sustainable change without that. <clears throat> and so I like to do these open mics, you know, typically on a quarterly basis. And, you know, if you're listening and you'd like to call in, if you have something to share, service, a product, a tool, a book, a movie, um, a thought of what's working or what's not, um, feel free to call into the show. I also want to give a shout out to the Mark Arneson Band for letting us use their uh, song Clarion Call as our opening music and to my um, partner Dave Wiedrich on Dementia Map, which is a great resource directory. It also has a blog with wonderful articles a glossary of terms, and a calendar of events that you can check out there that's all free to use, and you don't have to don't have to worry about giving out any of your personal information there um, either. And then, of course, um, I would encourage you to go to alzheimerspeaks.com. We have one whole section just full of free resources, and we would love to, <clears throat> love to have you um, utilize those. I'm going to go ahead and start pulling people in and uh, seeing who we have on the line here. So my first caller is from a last uh, four digits are 4218. Do you want to state your name and uh, why you're calling in? Lori. Mm-hmm. It's Lori Clear. How are you? Diana is uh, <clears throat> I am doing very good. I am doing very good. I'm thrilled to have you with us on the show. For those of you that, that don't know Lori, she has Nana's books, which are absolutely phenomenal. So I'm going to let you tell people a little about that. And, um, you know, if you've got some updates for us, we always love to hear what's going on. It's been busy, but first of all, I wanted to say to you, congratulations about Betty the Bald Chicken. We're so excited and hoping for our copies to arrive soon. Um, I, we had a conversation about a year ago and you said, or maybe two years ago, and you said, I know I have a book in me, at least one. So the fact that it's here is exciting and I think it's a great resource for any type of caregiving and for particularly, um, you know, to give children a sense of what's happening to their loved one and, you know, and, and what's happening to their care, the caregiver in their home. So, Again, excited about that. I know that we've talked about it, and it's finally here, so I wanted to say congratulations. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. And, and then what's happening with Nana's books is that um, I've digitized the whole series, so now there's um, 32 books in the series, and they're 
if people don't know about Nana's books, they're nostalgic books that are formatted for people that are living with dementia. And anybody that's in the neurocognitive community that needs a simpler format, a layout that is easier to approach. And then the genres are wide. There are picture books and poetry books and nostalgic literature and beautiful art, like museum quality art and photographs and things like that. So it really is a full library. And I've digitized it now to go into long-term care and into people's homes so people can get a link on my website to download the digital library. Um, and that's been exciting. We're going into an app um, soon. So that's, that's a lot of work and that's a labor of love for sure. Uh, so that's, and then I'm going into marketplaces. Let's say, you know, the equivalent of a long-term care chain and they bring in a senior uh, engagement platform. Let's say basic cable is the basic program, but a marketplace, you can get, those are your premium channels. You can add on to, and Nana's books would be one of the premium channels, quote unquote, that you could add to your package in a long-term care setting to your, let's say, the Sudoku and, you know, the word searches and, you know, all the different chair yoga and all the things that you've got on your platform already. Nana's books could be something that you could choose and that you could um, add to your device. Um, and I think that's about it. But I also want to say to anybody on the line or anybody listening, I hope to see you at NAAP, the National Association of Activity Professionals, um, the gathering, the convention in Reno, April 30th through May 3rd. So I hope to see many of you there. Wonderful. Well, man, digitizing all of what you've created, that had to have been just a massive, massive project and making it so convenient for so many people and and uh, making it much easier, too, for those communities to be able to tap into, I would imagine, it has been um, so appreciated. How long did it it's take you to do all that? Learning how to do it and mastering how to get them to look like actual flipping books, books that you can page through like an actual book. I'm a technophobe, as you know, so for me it took longer than um, would most people. I would say it probably took me the last five or six months to get it where it is now. And like I said, you've got to do these digital embeds that you can embed, let's say, on your website or you can give to these, um, you know, these um, senior engagement, the, the engagement platforms. So that has been a process. And now the process of working with an app creator to make this an app so someone can have it on their phone if they're going into hospice or palliative care or they're going to the emergency room or an audiology appointment or a restaurant with, with their person, um, and they want to have these types of, you know, really nice departure from the here and now and just a connected moment, and they can enjoy that together. So an app is really important. So I'd say in total, Lori, it's been about seven or eight months. I know I sent you the collection, and you were able to page through and see the books um, in the digital world. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's slowly coming together. And it's exciting. It's very exciting. And thank you for all the work that you're doing there. I, I just, um, I think it's absolutely fabulous. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Nana's books, you have to check them out. You can use them in so many different ways. And now being digitized, um, that just expands that even, even more. So thank you so much for doing that. And I appreciate you calling in uh, very, very much. Um, and sharing that knowledge with all of our all of us in the audience here today. So, best of luck to you, and please um, please keep me posted as as things go. And uh, I won't be at the at the conference you mentioned, but I wish you the best of luck. And um, I, I just see your world expanding more and more all the time. You're such a go getter and so devoted to really making a difference in this dementia circle. And um, I, I really. Um, I am just so proud of all that you have done um, in such a short period of time, too. Uh, you are one incredible lady. So thank you for taking the time to, to call in today. Lori, thank you so much. And actually, because of you and your support, I was able to connect with the ladies at Mirador Magazine and with Eric Kolb at Songs and Smiles and with Ann Aubis at Kirkhouse Publishers, who's doing the Reminisce line of books. So we're putting together a consortium, or like a collaborative of 
dementia-friendly publications and dementia-friendly publishers. So we've all gotten together. There's strength in numbers. We all offer different things, and people with dementia have different needs. So um, we want to make this the best as we possibly can for this community, and that's what we're working on now, our, our collaborative and we're coming up with a name, but it's dementia-friendly publishers that are getting together, and we really hope you'll join us. Oh, I'd love to, love to. Yeah, so we'd love to include you. Okay. Well, I will have to talk more. I know we're going to talk on Friday, so I'm looking forward to a more in-depth conversation on all of that. It sounds very exciting. So thanks again for calling in. I really appreciate the the update. Take care. Um, oh, do you want to give people your website thanks. really quick? Sure. It's Nana's Book Series. Okay. It's just N-A-N-A-S-B-O-O-K-S series, right? Nana's Book Series dot com. No punctuation. And um, thank you so much. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye now. I am going to go ahead and pull in our next guest. I've got somebody from a, the last four numbers are one one two. Seven one one two seven. Do you want to state your name and why you're calling Larry. in today? Hi, hi, Lori. This is Larry Groninger calling in, and uh, you just wanted to, you know, listen to other people's stories and give you an update on some of the things I've been doing since Mom has passed. Um, I've kind of, I'm still in my, how should I say, grief stage, even though it's been almost nine months since she's passed. But her impact is still growing worldwide with the videos we used to do. Evidently, they're still helping a lot of people that are still on their journey for caregivers, for their loved ones with Alzheimer's or dementia. And that's kind of been my therapy for so long. And I'm just continuing to do what I can to speak out on behalf of the caregivers that are out there, you know, as far as awareness for those that know or need to know um, that caregivers need help in any mm-hmm. way they can get. Um, I'm finding that definitely, you know, a lot of people are aware, but a lot of people aren't involved. And that's what I'm trying to at least get myself to emphasizing that to not just family members, but also to community. And now I'm also even going political a little bit. Um, oh, great. You know, recognizing um, just a couple of weeks ago with the local Alzheimer's Association here in Maryland, I went down to our state capital in Annapolis and uh, sat down with uh, our local delegate and senator um, to emphasize the need for funding for caregiver help you know, throughout the state um, and to continue that funding, not just beyond this one budget, um, but into next year's budget also. So I'm recognizing that it's not just a little thing that you can do, but you've got to go big. You got to go big because uh, we recognize that this the help is needed not just locally but nationally and internationally when you when you get to talking about it. So I'm just finding my way of being a caregiver advocate and uh, looking at opportunities to do whatever I can here and there. I've been invited or I was invited down to the British Virgin Islands to speak down there. I was invited by the Alzheimer's Association over in Dublin, Ireland, to come over and speak in one of their dementia cafes on the journey I had with mom and, and what I'm doing currently. Um, I've got a number of speaking engagements that are being aligned right now throughout the rest of this year, and that's just taking up my time. But uh, in the meantime, it's also trying to get me back to some kind of normalcy, which has been uh, somewhat difficult, but, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it day by day. Uh, Larry, so, can you give people – a little bit of background about your journey with your mom and and how long it lasted and and you know what your what your videos really capture and how they how they find all that stuff that you've done. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Well, I was living in California um, for the past for a number of about eighteen years, and uh, my brother was taking care of my mother um, on his own um, with his family and his job. And uh, he did that for about four years and had to move back into our home to or to keep her here. Our goal was to keep our mom in, in our house for as long as we could. And subsequently, through all that commitment my brother had given, um, it eventually broke him. It definitely you know, was something that we weren't aware of if you weren't here with him. And eventually it did break him. It, it was to the point where he had no life, as a caregiver mm-hmm. would know. 
um, along with the other responsibilities I had with his family and job. So subsequently, I came home in 2013 for a leave of absence from my job for three and a half months and gave him a sustained break um, and then went back um, thinking that I was going to come back again in a year. Um, but my company did a reorg, so I wound up taking an entire year. I actually resigned my position and came home for all of 2014 to take care of my mother. Um, and during that time frame, I recognized that it wasn't just a matter of being here, being a body in the home and just sort of caring for her, even though we did have a caregiver help. It was a matter of trying to give her somewhat of a quality of life. And one thing that I found out is when I was able to play music for her, music that she was familiar with since she had been involved with music most of her life, she sort of came alive. She, in essence, you know, her, her personality changed. Her mind was working. Her her gait when she was walking was better. Her interactions with others increased. And that just became something that just happened out of trying something, which was music. And come to find out, music also helps a whole lot of other people, um, since music has been instrumental in a lot of people's lives. You didn't have to perform it, but you always enjoyed it for most of your life. But what I wound up doing is posting videos of mom and I on Facebook and after a while, it was more than just sharing a smile. I was starting to get responses from literally all around the world uh, that saw mom's videos as being impactful to them, impactful to the extent it didn't just give them a smile, it gave them hope, an opportunity for them to see that their loved one was still inside. You just kind of had to find that pathway to to get to them, to communicate with them, to to have them enjoy the moments that they were uh, taking part of um, by listening to the music or, again, being around others and enjoying the music or, for that matter, just being around others and having conversation. Um, after a number of years um, of doing that, I literally have been home three times. I, I came home for the three months in 2013, all of 2014, and then I came home sort of permanently in January of 2018 uh, to be here for as long as it needed to be. And as time went on, um, we continued to do the music. We continued to do little side trips to parks that were local to us, um, which created just another community out there that just loved to see mom enjoying herself, enjoying the people around her. And for her doing the thing, what we called the norm, and that was basically enjoying the music differently than just people sitting there tapping your toes or singing a few words, but actually performing. And if people would be interested in seeing that, they can follow me on my Facebook page, which I still continue to post those videos from the past um, and those memories that keep popping up from time to time. And I actually have a couple hundred videos that I've never posted that I'm continually to post. And People are still finding mom on Facebook and on YouTube. We do have a YouTube channel also. Um, and they and they use them. They use them with their loved one, playing music that is familiar to them. Um, and then just us playing those playing those videos so they can see that, you know, you know, here's my mom who's had all who has Alzheimer's and she's enjoying life with that music at that time, in those places, with these other people. And that's hopefully an opportunity for them, the caregiver themselves, to be, to recognize that uh, their loved one can find some enjoyment in those moments also. Not just watching mom, but also recognizing that they can utilize you know, the same methods I use with my mom to, to touch them, to basically give them moments of enjoyment so that they can have uh, those, those times with their, their loved one that will be cherished, you know, long after – you know, our loved one is gone. We videotaped just about everything we did, and it, it just, again, turned into something more, so overwhelming that uh, I'm continuing to, to use it for my therapy and for other people's therapy to understand that we can live with this disease sometimes. We can make the most of those tough moments um, at times. Um, you know, it, it, this disease, it, it, it's, how should I say, it's, it's, Relentless, of course, and yet you have to be persistent in what you're doing. You can't just do one thing and and hope it's going to maintain itself. You have to continue doing that uh, sharing of music and time with them and, and interaction and conversation to really uh, bring out their personality, if at all possible, that you can. 
Um, you know, I say you just have to find that one thing that works with your loved one and continue doing that. It will definitely help your loved one and it will definitely help you as a caregiver to know that you can at least find that communication or that connection with them um, at those times. Um, but that's what I've been doing. Uh, now it's, it's been over six years of uh, caring for mom, unfortunately, of course she passed last June. And that that grief still remains. But, again, I think that knowing that I'm able to help others that are going through this journey is making a difference with me getting through each day, which, um, you know, each day brings its, its challenges um, and remembrances of mom, but each day also brings uh, messages um, from others that are saying that what mom and I did has made a difference in their life. And that's so appreciative to hear, and it's also therapeutic for me to know that what we're doing has made a difference. So. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Um, still, um, still planning on uh, trying to figure out what I'm, what I'm personally going to do in the in the near and distant future. But uh, during that time frame, I'm going to be, again, advocating for the caregiver um, and doing whatever I can to make a difference in other people's lives. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, Larry, I appreciate you calling in. Um, you know, a lot of times people kind of step away once their loved one passes, but you realize the impact that you've had. I would encourage people to go to Larry Greiner's Facebook page and see the videos of his mom singing with her silly hats um, and interacting with people. I mean, she even, if I remember correctly, she even sang to a wedding party that was out at the park um, and got pictures and stuff taken, you know, that it just touched their hearts. Uh, it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty neat stuff. I, I know you had, your mom had a, a thing for chocolate and people were sending chocolate from all over the world. I mean, you said you got a couple of five pound bars. I didn't even know they made them that big. You know? oh, oh, oh my, oh my goodness. She, she loved chocolate. That was her favorite flavor. Anytime you said, what do you, what would you want, mom? She said, you have any chocolate? And so, uh, we were going to the park one day and um, I asked mom, you want some chocolate? I had some Hershey Kisses. And I, and I, I joked. I said, can you sing a song for chocolate? And she broke right out into a song, singing a song for chocolate. She just makes them up right there, as spontaneous as it can be. And it turned into something that went viral, where anytime we were around people, she would sing a song for chocolate for others. And people loved her online when they saw her songs and, and how she reacted and what she was going to come up with next. And it was so impactful to them. Yeah, we had people sending us chocolate. She literally wound up with 70 pounds plus of chocolate from over 20 different countries. And uh, I benefited. I benefited greatly from that, I'll tell you that, my 10 pounds extra. But um, it, it was just another way to interact with mom. Because she was so uh, involved with music, it was something she enjoyed. She enjoyed singing. Even if it was just humming a tune she couldn't remember the lyrics to. This was an opportunity I recognized after the fact. It wasn't just a matter of singing. It was actually exercising her brain. She even, every single chocolate song she made up was different. And I think there had to be more than 300 versions. And, you always, <laughs> and some of them were made with words you never heard before, but who cared? You enjoyed yep. the moment, and she enjoyed the moment, and she got rewarded with chocolate. And, um, but, you know, those, those interactions also taught me that it's all key and really giving them those with this disease, a little a quality of life, even though it's momentary, they won't remember it. But you will. Mm-hmm. We were lucky to we were lucky to videotape her. I think I have over two thousand videos of mom, and I can look at them these days, and I tear up here and there. But I had smiles more than anything else because I knew at those exact moments that we were doing those, she was enjoying herself, and I can show yep. her those videos later, and she would enjoy it again, and mm-hmm. that really really helps. It gave me motivation to keep doing that not just for myself but for her because if she could put on a smile i could put on a smile and the people we interact with wherever we were as spontaneous as every interaction was they were smiling and so she left memories with those that she only met once i've had people contact me saying i met you in the park years ago and i just heard that your mom passed she remembered or they remembered her from their mm-hmm. personal interaction. That was just as important. But definitely, you know, they they don't need babysitters. They need people to interact with them, to, 
you know, answer questions, ask questions of them. Um, you know, that well, was the what, one thing that, that got mom going. Well, one of the things I think that you did really nicely was you really used multi-sensory engagement. So not only does his mom sing, but she has these hand gestures and these faces <laughs> that she makes. And I mean, you cannot, you cannot not watch her and, and smile. I mean, you are going to smile um, watching her because she is so in tune to the music. And I know for me, when I would watch her mom, I, I would think how cool to be that present, that drawn into a specific moment, because most of us are picking up on all the chatter going on around us, but she just kind of goes into the zone and there's nothing else that matters than her music and really engaging somebody else. I mean, she loved to engage other people. They loved um, interacting with her, which you captured so nicely on there. So again, you can check out uh, Larry uh, Griner's Facebook page and um, and touch base with them. Let them know what you think um, and, and realize that when you capture those moments, you know, we had a few with my mom and I didn't have any <clears throat> 2000 uh, videos, <clears throat> excuse me, but I had, I don't know, probably 20 or so. And I, my mom's been gone since 2014 and I can still on my very worst days go and look at one of those and it puts a smile on my face because I knew she was mm -hmm. happy. She was engaged. She was comfortable. And that just calms my soul down and says, Okay, I can I can deal with anything. You know, she dealt with this for thirty years. I can I can deal with what's before me, and she still is affecting my life um, greatly through those videos. So I really encourage people to go ahead and capture those those moments. And you know, you can keep those to yourself. You don't have to post them all over the place. It's totally up to you. But there are a ton of moments of joy if you start looking for them, and if you help create them, you'll be shocked at um, how much fun you can have with this horrible disease that nobody wants. Um, but but Joy you know, can still be there. It, it, you know, when we did the videos, again, everything was spontaneous. I never knew mm -hmm. what was going to come out of her mouth. People said I should have wore a GoPro because you never knew what's going to come out of her mouth. And you should always, you should have heard some of the things that I never videoed. And, and of course, they won't repeat. They're a one-time one -time event with her. And, mm -hmm. you know, I recognized again more so after the fact and, you know, and, and, and more in perspective now that she's gone. And when I see the videos, she would have never been in that situation at the park unless I got her to the park. She would have ne never met these people that she interacted with unless I got her at the bench where people passed by. So mm -hmm. we have to create those opportunities. We don't know what's going to happen when we're there, but we can't sit at home watching TV, staring out of a window all day long. You really have to get out and about. And I know it's difficult to do for a lot of people. I mean, I gave, I resigned my position. I haven't worked in five years now. And the opportunity to be here and give mom that opportunity to, to enjoy moments in life. And that's where they are moments because she, again, mm -hmm. her memory is going to be such that five minutes later she won't remember. But at least the videos captured those moments that we could enjoy going beyond that. And those those moments also will be lifelong memories for us, the caregivers, recognizing that we did our best to help our loved one at that time. So, you know, it doesn't have to be exuberant at a park or in a mall or out and about, but we have to get them someplace, someplace different than the same thing, same place all the time. Mm -hmm. The parks are great because it's stimulation not just for the mind with what you're seeing in nature, but you're walking. And, of course, every all the physical activity we can get them to do helps with the overall body, the mind, the blood, the heart, and everything else just flowing and pumping and enjoying life as it is outside of the house versus sitting in a chair all day. I had, I had thought when I first came home that, you know, not understanding this disease and caregiving and all that, that it was just necessary for mom to eventually be in assisted care. And when I went to visit those places, I recognized, no, this is not where I want to coop my mom up in a dorm room and have her sit in a chair for the bulk of the day. She needs interaction. She needs one-on-one -on -one care. She needs people that can speak to her that will help her understand where she's at, what she's doing. And then, you know, it, 
I just recognized that I had to be here. I had to be here to keep her in her home. I had to be here to get her out and about to enjoy all the places. We live in Baltimore where we can enjoy, uh, you know, the park and, and some of the people that we knew um, in, the, in the neighborhood. Um, and, and that really enhanced her life. It really enhanced her days, her moments that we were able to enjoy. And that's what, you know, anybody with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's really needs is, is those opportunities. And, and as a caregiver, I created those opportunities for mom to be interactive with. And, that, and that's where I can look in the mirror and say, yeah, yeah, you did good. You did good. Well, thank you for calling in, uh, Larry, and sharing that with us. I think more people need to hear that message, that we can all participate. We can do a lot more than what we think we can. You know, we've been told that this is a crippling disease. We've been told it's okay to walk away when they don't remember our name. Um, but think if that was you. Is that how you'd want to be treated? There's there's, there's so many beautiful ways to engage and live graciously alongside this uh, disease. So, again, um Go to uh, Larry Greiner's uh, homepage on Facebook and uh, check him out. And don't forget to check out Nana's books as well, uh, and, and Nana's book series, I believe it is. And um, I, what I want to do is I'm going to do a couple of shout-outs here quick. <clears throat> One to uh, Cindy Lazinski, who is the Executive Director of Dementia Together, and she just won an award from the Community Builder Award for the Nonprofit Executive of the Year. And if anyone deserves it, my gosh, it's her. And then I also wanted to let you know of a couple of um, shows that are going to be coming up. So um, on the 9th, we're going to have some film directors uh, with us, and we're going to be talking about the film Where's Nancy, where a woman left a museum and, you know, wandered off. Um, it's really something. And then on the 14th, we're going to have the um, country western singer Jay Allen with us. He was on Idol. On the 16th, we're going to have um, Artifacts with us, which is really cool. It's kind of like, uh, how do I describe it? It's kind of like scrapbooking, but it offers so much more, and it can really be used with people uh, with dementia as far as reminiscing and stuff. Um, on the 23rd, we're going to have Pippa um, from the UK. Uh, she has a podcast called, Well, I Know Now, so much more about dementia. And um, on the 21st, we're going to have Heather Kirkwood, who has a husband uh, living with early onset, and they have small children at home. And then on the 28th, we are going to be talking uh, with two women regarding dementia-friendly travel. And the Kansas City Airport has really done some amazing things, and they've gotten global feedback um, on that. And I can't wait, you know, for you all to to learn more about that as we go. But I see that uh, my friend Suska, I believe, is on the line here. Suska, is this you? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am so excited for you to tell. Well, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself to the audience and what all you do because you're always moving and shaking and, and rattling things <laughs> in such a fun way. Um, so let them know what all you've done and what you're up to. Well, first of all, my name is Suska, and um, I took care of my mom who had dementia not from Alzheimer's, but she got meningitis and cephalitis, and it started a rapid dementia. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a short history so they know mm -hmm. who I am. Um, when I, she was kind of acting odd for about a year, and I was concerned. I live in California. She lived in Chicago. So I'd fly back like five times that year. And one time, um, then I got a call that she fell, and I went, back home and the doctor told me she had um, the meningitis encephalitis and she can't live alone anymore. So I'm an artist and a painter and uh, I don't have children so obviously I was picked to be the one to stay there. Although I found it kind of interesting. I thought maybe I could just go and organize everything for mom, get a caregiver in there and it'll be okay. Was well, it in her own home? Well as it turned out I ended up staying for four years. Um, 
I do remember more than anything, which I think was rather crucial and kind of important, not only with my story, but how I reacted to it, is I, when I knew that I'd have to be there for a while, it was a, it was a snowy day, and the taxi took me to my mom's house, and I thought before I opened the door, I better decide what I'm going to do. I'm the middle child, kind of the rebelous one, and my mom is an independent, God-fearing woman, very, very strong. And so sometimes we would butt heads. So I decided when I would walk in there that I was going to drop my memory. I was going to not, I'm not walking into my mother's house anymore. I'm walking into a home of a brand new woman I'd never met before. And something happened. The pressure of her trying to be a mother or trying to remember was off. She wasn't doing that anymore. And the fact that me trying to be a rebellious daughter or the middle child, I came in there totally free, totally free of everything. And I got to see her for the first time. And I think there's something about memory. It's it's funny. Memory also entails a lot of baggage and a lot of stuff, good and bad. But when you drop all of it, something happens. So I was so fascinated by this, and I ended up pretty much trying to be that way throughout the entire time, which is why I called the place Dementia Land. And it just was a positive kind of atmosphere. Every day was a surprise, but there was no burden of trying to remember or trying to be something or or there was no burden at all. It was it was bizarre. It was it was quite wonderful. And everybody kind of enjoyed it who would ever visit. If there wasn't anybody who came in with kind of a negative response, I kind of never invited them again. It's just I had to make sure that everything around her was bright and, and new. Everything was brand new every day. So I was so fascinated by it, I wrote a book, presented the book to the American film market, or someone asked me to, and they were going to make it into a movie. I found a wonderful producer in Berlin, and I went there a couple times. And um, so the script was already written. We're about to do the trailer, and came the pandemic. And I also got cancer again for the second time. So that stopped everything. So since then, I um, there is a podcast that's out there. The podcasts are also little stories but that kind of follow the book, but it's mostly visual and it's kind of interesting. And, uh, well, it's very interesting. And that's on YouTube called Dementia Land. And I'm also right now, because of the movie change and everything, I'm doing, I'm creating a short film. And the short film is called Natalina Woods. And she's a gypsy sundowning visitor who visits mom in the middle of the night. Um, Strangely enough, this is what actually happened, but I actually made it a, my mother was dancing in the middle of the night, and I, being an artist and being creative, I put a story around it. So it's a short film, about 20 minutes. Um, We're still in the GoFundMe stages, and it's called Natalina Woods, and that's where I am. Wow, that's a lot, girl. Um, and one of the things that I, I have to let our audience know is her podcasts are so fun because they are, well, you describe how they are because they're you use different voices for your characters and they're colorful and um, they just put a smile on people's faces. Um, I think so I, too, yeah. Yeah. And and same with your book, it you know it really takes people to um, a different land, you know, to look at you know dementia in a whole new light, one where everybody can you know have fun and be silly and let things slide off and be spontaneous and kind of remove the judgments and just be joyful. And and I think so often that's not what we're told, you know, how it should be or how how we should act. And and please correct me if I'm if I'm giving the wrong spin on things. No, no, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. Um, it's funny. I met somebody in the grocery store yesterday. We started talking, and we started talking about dementia. Of course, I have to talk about the book. And he asked me. Everybody asked me, "Did she know you?" 
And I stopped and was, I said, of course she knew me. She didn't mm-hmm. know I was her daughter. She didn't mm-hmm. know my title or position. But isn't that kind of unimportant? She knew when I walked in the room, there's an energy between two people, mother, daughter, husband. There is an energy. And if, if they're not burdened with trying to figure out the title, where do they fit, who are they, blah, 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 I should recognize them. Think about that burden we put on, on people who are having memory problems. If we would just kind of let that go, my mom definitely knew how I was, definitely, to mm-hmm. the very last day. So I think I'm I'm fascinated with the how much importance we put on memory, which really has more to do with ego than it does actually anything else. I mean, we just, we don't need to know, we don't need to have all that baggage when we're talking to somebody or when somebody's in front of us. As a matter of fact, in my book, I kind of almost make it as a gift that we, it's our last chance to drop everything and just look at each other as who they are than maybe when they were born. And I don't mean the baby thing. I mean the fact of not having anything on top of them that, that manipulates their personality or, or changes their personality. So I found, I just find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I find it like I met my mom. I never knew she, I never knew so many things. I never knew she was funny. My God, <laughs> my mom was funny. You know, and I just like, I sit there, I always looked at her like, oh my, who is this woman? And mm-hmm. I never, I definitely tried, tried desperately, never, never to correct her. Never. Even if she came up with stories, I don't know, maybe it's not this lifetime, maybe it's the previous lifetime. They were fascinating. Yep. Well, yeah, and if you can step into that and just be with them. Um, I I remember a time my daughter and her boyfriend, they were teenagers, and they went up to visit my mom who was in the nursing home, and they came back with just these wild stories. They're like, I didn't know Grandma had a pink Cadillac. I said, Grandma never had a pink Cadillac. But they started talking about cars because Derek, her boyfriend at the time, was into cars, and so that was a way to include him into the conversation, and they were talking about spinners and sound systems, of which she knew nothing of, but she had them, and I said, well, I think that pink Cadillac probably came, my mom used to sell Avon, but the the Mary Kay ladies always got their pink Cadillacs, and she was always a little jealous of that, so in this world, she got her pink Cadillac. And they just had a great conversation. And she said, Grandma was so happy. She said it was so much fun. I didn't know if it was real or not, but we didn't really care because we were all just laughing and having a good time. And it's like, you know, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, it's amazing now on PBS, they, they show storytellers. You know, they're always having mm-hmm. storytellers. And that's what dementia people are giving us. And we're not appreciating it because they got the label of having dementia. At least mm-hmm. that's how I see it. I mean, yeah. I have wonderful stories. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Or created stories for us to tell <laughs> others. I mean, my, you know, like with, with yours, you've got a book, you're working on a film, you're doing a short, you're, I mean, you have all these, your podcast, you have so many different mediums to, to reach people to say, you know, we kind of were pitched a, in my opinion, a bad line in the beginning because people thought without a cure, um, there's no hope. And there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of joy. And granted, I'd like a cure, but it's about how we care, you know, for one another. And I think, you know, through through what you're talking, what what Larry was talking about, his videos with his mom, and, I mean, now he's traveling around the world speaking and doing things with, with – uh, uh, Lorette with her Nana's book series. Um, I mean, that is going to touch so many people now that she's gone digital with that. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what people are doing who have been touched by this disease that say, we can switch the scenario and I'm going to step in and do something. And it doesn't make any difference if it's big or small. You're still going to uh-huh. make an impact. So don't compare yourself to, well, I can't do what what he's doing or she's doing. Just do what feels right for you and and lead by example. I I think to me that's how we change the world, 
you know, one, one step at a time, one person at a time. And um, when we have all these little soldiers, um, you know, walking around, that, that's a huge army. It's a huge army. Right. For change. Right. And, and I, and I think we've seen a lot of change, you know, and then we lost a lot of change during COVID. We were we were really kind of making some good progress, and then COVID oh. hit and, and kind of pulled us back, and things shut down. And some, you know, like some adult days and respite care, um, and companies as a whole have closed forever, and they're not coming back. And and so you know, to me, that says okay. We learned something there, but we also learned to be more digital. We, we've learned to kind right. of respect um, social media. Um, where in the beginning, people would say, well, that's not a real connection. That's not, you know, you're really not yeah. having an impact. And now everybody's trying to hop on there, trying to figure out how to have an impact. <laughs> but, I, but I think it's when it's the authentic people that aren't there to make the money. They're there to make an impact where things change, you know. Right. Exactly. And I think it's like your dementia chats, which I absolutely adore. You know, I'm such a fan of that. I love dementia chats. I mean, to me, that was, that was really the most valuable thing I, I've seen in, in Mm -hmm. dementia things. It's just, when you, when you hear people talk who have the dementia and they're on all different levels, my God, you're, first of all, you're not so scared anymore of it because a lot of people, well, the minute you say that word, they're scared. And they're scared to be around people who have dementia, believe it or not. I, mm-hmm. I hear that quite a bit. And my God, it just, I loved it. I loved Dementia Chance for that. I mean, I love those people. They were so wonderful and delightful. There wasn't anything really negative at all. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, and they were very honest. Um, For those of you that don't know what what Dementia Chats is, uh, you can find it on my website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and just go to our free resources. But they're video interviews that I just facilitate with a panel of um, (laughs) the true experts, those that actually have the disease, and they talk honestly about what's working and what's not and how they'd like to be treated and um, what the needs are. And, and they're very honest. They're very authentic. And, you know, they say, you know, we don't have time to pussyfoot around, so we're going to be honest, <laughs> you know, with this, and we're going to share. They're great. They're just uh, yeah. great. Yeah. And I think people are shocked, like you said, because they, they talk and you can look at the screen and you don't, you would not be able to pick out who has dementia and who doesn't, you know, we all yeah. look pretty, pretty much the same. And and that that throws the whole stigma thing off, you know, yeah. big yeah. time on that. So, yeah, those those are are very very fun to do, and that's always been one of my passions is to raise not only the the person diagnosed but the family's voice as well. Because, you know, back when I was going through this with my mom, I mean, my mom wasn't even considered to have a conversation or to have a valid opinion at all. Um, mm. And that was pretty much through all her whole disease. And then as family members, we were listened to, but we really weren't heard. And it was kind of a, you know, spit it out, you know, and let's get on with it. But, you know, very few really took anything we said seriously, um, even to help us find support. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, go talk to the Alzheimer's Association. And they have a lot of great things, but... No organization can meet all the needs. That's, I mean, I firmly believe that. And I think that we need to be collaborative and we need different approaches. And that's what I love, you know, with all you guys that have called in, you're all coming in with different approaches, you know. Right, Um, right. And it's just, um, it's absolutely amazing. And you're giving such calmness uh, to families and professionals. You know, professionals are going... That's I kind of thought I knew it all, or I didn't realize the impact this would have, you know, even if it's sharing a joyful picture with a family member. Well, that's a pretty big deal to us versus a call that they screwed up on meds or somebody got hurt again, you know, yeah. um, or, or a purse is missing. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a big shift. So there's a lot of little things that everybody at every level can can do. Um, to improve care, and I don't think you'll 
find I don't think I'll find anyone who can convince me different of that. I don't know. What is your feeling on that, Suska? Well, my I, I agree with you completely. I'm now so wrapped up in the film area, which is every film I saw on dementia is so depressing. I can't stand it. I, I it just irritates me. I can't watch it, and I can't imagine anyone who either has a father or mother or a parent or a partner or someone close who's been diagnosed with dementia could watch any of these films. They're just so <laughs> hard. That's yep. why I so have been pushing mine, and I hope now maybe with short films, like this one with um, the sundowning gypsy, is delightful. Mm-hmm. It's just delightful. And you mm-hmm. know she has dementia, but there's something about her. And by the way, I found an actress who's just perfect for Violet. She's just uh-huh. perfect. So I just think maybe if I did short films um, and then someone will come, a big producer, another large producer, and do the entire film from the book. But there's just has to be something light out there. I mean, mm-hmm. I wrote the book because that was the book I was looking for because at least it wasn't the worst thing in the world. My God, my mom's there. She just doesn't have her memory, but she's there. Everything about her is there. Yep. So I, I just couldn't understand why everything was so horrid. And I I thought, okay, I'll just do the book and it'll be a bestseller and I won't have any problems. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I have handed that book to many people, friends of mine who are readers, and said, well, I haven't read it yet. The word mm-hmm. dementia is so scary to people that that has really been a big Maybe if the title was different, someone told me. I said, well, no, no. It's got to be Dementia Land. So yep. that's why I hope with these short films, let's put a little, there is still something wonderful there. But we're so caught up with the word and things aren't the same and she doesn't recognize me and I'm no more. The great daughter, the the, the wonderful. So what? I mean, get down mm-hmm. to, so I, I'm so so caught up now with these doing films and I like I said we're ready to do the first one Natalina Woods I think it's delightful and um, of course I'm not wealthy so I um, started a GoFundMe and most people in in the film industry said no you got to start a GoFundMe page for something like that so I hope to have though if I get that one going then I hope to have four that I can present to like um Amazon or or YouTube or Netflix, one of those people, to get a sponsor who say, okay, listen, we'll help you fund all four of these, and they'll all have to do with dementia. Mm-hmm. And there's just, at each one of them, you got to walk out with a smile on your face. you got to go, okay, okay, that's pretty good. I'll yeah. try this. And, and it's, not making fun of the, it's not making fun of the no. disease. It's, it's it's finding the joyful moments. And I'm going to pull Larry in on this too, because I think there are, um, I believe Larry's still here. We'll see. But there are, are people sometimes that think we're making fun of something. And, and that's not the case at all. It's, you know, it's really about how do you find making a connection with a person again? And I know my own brothers did that (laughs) with me a couple of times, just on some pictures that I shared with mom or, she was dressed up in a red bow and a red hat, and she had too much mm-hmm. rouge and red lipstick on. But they were all getting dressed up like Klondike Kates, um, which are singers yeah. here for our winter carnival. And my mom loved that. And she just was in that party <clears throat> mood, and she was having fun. And my brothers just thought it was awful. And I'm like, don't you see the joy on her face? Now, this is, why? Why are we so caught up with, oh, this is the way we're supposed to react. We're not supposed to smile. We're not supposed to laugh. It's, I, I, I can hear that. I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Totally. Yep. Larry, have you run into that at all with any of your videos? Have you gotten any negative feedback where people, you know, think it's a, it's a little bit too much? Because I know, I know there are people out there like that that just are so uncomfortable if things aren't proper and they're not like they used to be. There, there are occasional people. Why are you putting that on their, on their, on her head? You know, she gets mm-hmm. these, you know, the funny, the headpieces and everything, and and 
but you know, I, I I take it with a grain of salt. I'm I'm enjoying the time with my mom, and that's what's most important. And yeah. you know, but you know, there's really no set way in being a caregiver. You do what you can, you know. Yeah. And you know, for me, I, I just learned something that worked for her, and that opportunity to you know, do what she could do to enjoy herself is what was most important. I wasn't worried about what other people thought. I mean, I didn't know. I'm not a professional caregiver. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the circumstances are such that I just enjoyed every single moment with her. And, and, you know, it really didn't matter what other people thought. It was just a matter of – and I I never really felt that I was doing the wrong thing with her. As long as mom enjoyed her herself, that was what, what was most important. Yeah. By the way, Larry, if you're hearing me, she's adorable. She's absolutely <laughs> adorable. I love it. Thank I, you. I'm on your Facebook. Oh, my God. This is what I regret is not doing filming with my mom because I was just so caught up in the moment. I, and I'm, I'm horrible at that. But she is so cute. Yeah, you know, and and again, for me, I didn't know what to expect when I started doing this. It was just between me and my family and friends on my Facebook page, and then it grew something worldwide. I think last year I might have gotten over, or the past three years I've gotten more than 200,000 messages from people around Mm -hmm. the world sharing their stories, saying what kind of impact they made on her, on them, and how they gave them ideas on how they could relate and do with their loved ones. And again, there's there's no set way because what I do with music with mom doesn't mean it's going to definitely affect your loved one in the same way. Yeah. But it's it's a tool. It's a tool, you know, and the silliness that we did, the, the, the interaction is important. That's what I recognize is most important. Exactly. Well, and the thing that I think people don't take into consideration is everybody's personality is different. So some people have really strong, bold personalities. Some people are just little, you know, wallflowers. But some personalities change, you know, with the disease, too. Like with you and your mom kind of batting heads, and then all of a sudden, God, I like being around her. She's kind of funny. I didn't know my mom was funny all these years, you know. So there's a lot of different things. I can't believe it's time to wrap up already. But, Siska, how do people reach out to you? Well, Dementia Land, um, it's all over Google search feeds. Type in Dementia Land as one word. Um, mm-hmm. Natalina Woods, GoFundMe Natalie Woods. I would definitely appreciate it. I'd like to get that going. And um, I'm going to be hope to, the minute I get that film out, hope to submit it to quite a few um, film festivals because I also want that word out there that, hey, wait, this isn't that bad. You know, come mm-hmm. on. This is, this is great. This is, this is what it is. Don't miss it. Don't miss this chance. It's almost like a gift. Of, it is a gift. It is a gift where you can drop things and see somebody the way they are, down deep inside. I think you'd be surprised. So exactly. anyway, um, like I said, Dementia Land. Um, mm-hmm. On YouTube, it's Dementia Land. I'd love for you to subscribe. And then also uh, Natalina Woods, and that's on GoFundMe. Okay, wonderful. And there's and also then, Dementia Land. There's also DementiaLand.com and NatalieWoods.com. Uh, okay. okay. And then Larry, thank you. Um, thank you. And, and Larry, they can find you at Larry Greiner on Facebook. And then for Nana's Books, just go to Nana's, and that's plural, BookSeries.com. And you can connect with uh, with Lorette uh, Clear uh, on what all she is doing. And then, again, I've got to give a plug for alzheimerspeaks.com. If you go there, you know, check out our free resources. We have all kinds of free resources there. Um, also, dementiamap.com. We've got over 150 categories. You can search uh, some events and great articles um, and so much more. And uh, and then, of course, I have to give a last-minute plug for my book, Betty the Bald Chicken, that just went live on Amazon today. You can buy uh, Betty the Bald Chicken um, on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, uh, through Kirkhouse Publishers, or if you want to sign copy, you can order one uh, through me as well, and uh, we'll get that out to you. So uh, we appreciate 
everybody coming on the show today and talking. I think this was a fascinating conversation, and we wish you all well. Be a giver of hope and like, click, and share, because this is a hopeful message, I truly believe, on Alzheimer's Speak. So be part of our community. Pass it along and subscribe. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.